Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the My Wave Podcast. So excited to have this new episode drop. It's been a while. It's been a busy summer, but I am stoked to be sitting here at Drift Coffee. Uh, Drift, I guess this is Drift Coffee. Is that what this one's called? Is Drift Coffee? I think it's like Drift Coffee and Kitchen, maybe. Okay, so Drift Coffee and Kitchen at Wrightsville Beach. Uh, I think there's three locations for Drift, one over at Mayfair, one up on Eastwood, and here at Wrightsville Beach. And so Way to go, Pal Brothers. You did an awesome job. Great coffee. Good food. I just had the uh, overnight overnight oatmeal. Mm, that was good. That was good. And what did you have, Brody? I had the uh, the protein breakfast bowl. And yeah. that, was, that was phenomenal. Mm, mm. You needed that protein because you just had a little paddle out, didn't you? Yeah, I just got out of the water. I surfed from... Like right around 6.30 up until 9.30. Sweet. Quick session for the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, decent wave? Yeah. It wasn't too bad. It. We've had a little bit of a swell coming in like just the past few days have been pretty consistent. Maybe yeah. like waist high sets every now and then and <laughs> real kind of slabby little waves. So it's been yeah. it's been pretty fun. Yeah. We've had we've seen that at surf camp and, you know, pushing kids into it is one thing. But, you know, when they don't want it and you yeah, and you're like please take this or I'm gonna grab this board and take it for myself oh yeah oh yeah I well, can imagine well cool well ladies and gents you're hearing the voice of Brody Turner and we're gonna be hearing from him and his most memorable wave here in just a second but uh, wanted to give a, a shout out to our sponsor unofficially it's Drift Coffee and Kitchen uh, but officially it's Sully's Archery Tag Sully's Archery Tag is plate like dodgeball but with arrows and the cool thing about this is uh, it's a mobile event we bring the fun to you and so uh, if you want a backyard party whether it's bachelor party bachelorette youth group whatever uh, check us out at sullysarchytag.com and book an event soon also if you have been tuning in and enjoying what you're hearing uh, and would like to support the my wave podcast and and then get a shout out on one of the future episodes you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash my wave that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash my wave and uh, you can buy me a cup of coffee and uh, one thing that i know about drift is their coffee is good what which what would you get i got an americano it's a little bit it's basically just espresso with uh hot water Mm -hmm. but it gives a little bit of a pour over feel Uh as opposed to like a normal drip coffee that kind of tastes plasticky almost sometimes so i usually like to get those whenever they don't have pour overs at coffee shops that is the americana oh yeah a little insider information here from from brody i got the uh iced caramel latte i usually like it hot but we're sitting outside and i thought Something cool would help. It's like 90 degrees already. It's only 9.30 in the morning. Yeah, it's pretty humid. But uh, so, Brody, I've been trying to go back and think, when was it that you and I first met, first talked? And I can't remember if it was we passed each other in the water, said what's up, or if it was at a surf shop that you used to work at. Are you still working there? Um, I just stopped working there, like, right before I left for my trip to California recently. Yeah. So, like, two weeks ago, probably, I just stopped working there. Um, but I think the first time that we met was at Surf Church, like, officially. Officially? Um, so we'd probably, like, passed each other in the water and said, hey, every now and then. Yeah. But, like, I think the first time we officially met and spoke was, was around Surf Church. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, um, I, I was thinking it was a time... You're probably right where we first like talked, talked, you mm-hmm. know, outside of outside of like business hours. Yeah, but of I think, course. I think I was trying to pitch the 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 podcast at the surf shop, 
and uh, and you oh, were there. Oh yeah, that day. that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember and, that. And uh, we were talking, and then you were like, "I'll, I'll, I'll do it." I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so trying cool. to convince uh, you're trying to convince the owner Mike to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, so glad we finally were able to connect and uh, get your wave story on here. Hey, just just to tease it, where where are we going for your wave? Uh, we're not going very far. We're staying right here at South End, the specific break that I like to call Giant Chicken. Giant Chicken. Very specific sandbar over there. Okay. But um, yeah, we're not we're not straying too far. Right, right. So Giant Chicken. How how did that name work its way into uh, um, the so break? I was I was taking a a walk at the beach with my girlfriend and uh, I decided I would just draw a giant chicken in the sand <laughs> and uh, I was laughing about it and I was like oh yeah this is this is gonna be here for forever and I took a picture of it and sent it to a couple of my friends and they were like you do know that's gonna get washed away with like the next high tide and I was like no <laughs> we're gonna call this break giant chicken in remembrance <laughs> for the rest of time and so now I have my big friend group is always calling it either GC or giant chicken the giant chicken that's hilarious oh yeah yeah they're, they're you know here at Riceville Beach we have you know street names and access numbers so, yeah, so exactly that's like the typical way you know hey go to C Street or go to Charlotte or you know or wherever Mallard and uh, but there's there's a couple of houses that have different features on them as well mm -hmm. there's one that has a, a seahorse yep on it yep, right there in the middle familiar. of the, yeah the little gray house with a yep. seahorse and so it's like keep it between seahorse and you know, yep, the, the you new go. construction oh yeah so, yeah it's fun how how surf breaks get their names uh, you, you heard of any interesting names I mean Giant Chicken is an interesting name, but <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know of any too specifically, especially like around here. It's just like, yeah, it's just the street names, and you know, sometimes it's like at South End, you'll be like, oh, just go surf Blue House, right? Or like, you know, Seahorse, and you have North End, which is not specific anywhere. So right. it's usually just street names and numbers. Yeah. But um, I've always been curious on how Canadian Hole in the Outer Banks got its name. Uh, so I have no clue. Right, right. And that's that's where the, the kite borders and, and everything go to Canadian Hole. It, or I've always heard the Canadian Hole. That's was, Kite Point that's on the other in the sound side. Uh -huh. I think everyone, uh, or not everyone, the Canadian Hole is like real North Buxton. Okay, okay. Huh. All right. Because I've always heard that, that Kite Point was Canadian Hole, but that was, I'm old, so that was like back in the day, who knows? They're like right across from each other, is so like on the sound side is right on the other side of Canadian Hole, okay. so okay. It's, they're pretty similar. <laughs> That's cool. So we're going to Giant Chicken for your wave. Now you, in, in as we were eating, you were talking about you grew up around here. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start surfing? I didn't up start here? surfing until I was like 12, I think. Okay. So I, I hated the beach growing up. Really? Because it was like a take it for granted kind of thing uh -huh. I didn't I hate the sand blowing around and it was too hot and sunny and the water I don't know it just wasn't <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it um, but I did start like as I grew up when I was like 9 10 11 years old I got into bodyboarding real hard so like okay. I had the fins and the whole get up and that's all I really wanted to do thanks and um, then I started skimboarding a little bit but like generally mm -hmm. I was it was kind of funny because I was bodyboarding and I was like, you know, if I just bodyboard for forever, this kind of makes me a loser. So I want to learn how to stand up and actually surf. And that's that's why I started. Oh, so I started yeah. in middle school when I was 12 and just haven't stopped since. I tried a couple times beforehand, but just didn't enjoy it. And yeah. 
then really got hooked on it. That's what it kicked in. Yep. Yeah, you remember your first board? Uh, my first official board or my yeah. first wave storm? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, I mean, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> That's right. So it was a wave storm? Yep. Oh, yeah. I had an eight-foot wave storm that my sister had got for Christmas like five years ago, and she never really learned how to, how to use it. Yeah. But... I decided that I'd pick it up and give it a shot. Very I rode cool. that for like a year. Yeah. It was still fun. I still have it. Yeah. It's got yeah, a cool. big chunk taken out of it before I hit the pier. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I guess if I ever shoot the pier, it's going to be on a wave storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and no. Did you know they make a seven-foot wave storm? I actually did. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know they make a ton of different variations. I think mm-hmm. that eight-foot's just the most like It is. It is. I well bought known. a few of the seven-foots for camp for, for the littles. And, uh, and then even for those who they've got the eight foot down and they want a little more challenge to go, they're taller or, or better paddlers, better surfers, and, and that seven foot gives them a little bit extra challenge. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's worked out good. I've actually had it out uh, just to ch- test pilot it a few times. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, you can get in a little quicker. It's a little bit more maneuverable, too. More, they're yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cool. So shout out to Wavestorm, man. I mean... They're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Filling landfills around the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's got to get one at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. So, grew up around here. Did you ever surf competitively up and down the coast? I surfed competitively just like in the ESA. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever travel too far outside of here. Um, but I did local contests for like two or three years. Okay. And uh, I don't compete anymore I don't really enjoy it as much because mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of I always have to think too much and I have to be worried about my wave count and I have to like do my turns not as good so I can make sure that I land them and yeah. there's just too much thinking involved whereas right. I'd rather just go out and just do whatever I want Yeah. but I did compete for a little bit and I didn't do too bad but I didn't do too great mm-hmm. just, just kind of there I enjoyed it but yeah. I wouldn't want to continue doing it right Right, that's cool. I actually um, have never competed up until I jumped in uh, the the Colonel. Um, what's it called? The Colonel. It's put on by uh, by Christian surfers out of uh, Surf City. Oh, okay. Yeah, it used to be called the Fall Foamy. Oh yeah, I, I do know. I've, I've heard of the Fall Foamy. Yeah, so I, I jumped in on that last year. Had a lot of fun, and then um, I jumped in just for the fun of it with the Wrightsville Beach Longboard Association, the WBLA. Oh, okay. Does the pro am every year. Yep. And uh, so I jumped in just to and look over, and here's here's Bill Curry dropping in on this thing, and this guy's just like poetry in motion on the board. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't need to be out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just, just stay on the just beach. there to enjoy it. Yeah. The uh, the Foam Wreckers is a fun contest that's ah. that I did last year, and I think it's coming this year again. But is that with Ben Gravy? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great one. That was a great contest because we had a little hurricane swell for it, but it was like a real backwashy kind of messed up hurricane swell, so it was perfect for a foam surfboard competition and i do that one again yeah yeah the uh, the colonel up at surf city the day we surfed was chest ahead and it was a blast oh heck yeah yeah big smushy rolly coming in it, it was fun and then again yeah. short pound is really steep mm-hmm. yeah and to do that you know on a wave storm is is a lot of challenge oh yeah for sure yeah um so hey let's let's jump in brody to your most memorable wave. How long ago was that, this wave? So this was during Hurricane Henry. I think okay. that was, was that 2021? This last year or the year before? Henry? I'd have to look at my journal. I think it was last year. It was when, like, it was a really long period swell, and it was when, like, the, um, 
what's it called, the figure eight shoals kind of had really started to make a name for itself around here. Okay, there at the inlet? Yeah, yes. Mason's Inlet. So it was it was during the swell that that was really working, but I didn't, I didn't go up there. I just stayed at South End. And um, I had gone out with my dad and my two brothers because they both surf as well. I was mm -hmm. going to meet up with a couple of other friends, but generally I was staying with them. We went straight to South End because that's just where we always at least first check it. That's right. the best spot that we go to. And um, we had pulled up there, and it was the long period swell was making the waves so fast. Yes. Just like it running down straight really down, fast. shutting down, which I don't ever mind that because mm. I really like when the waves have that speed because it's for me, it's fun to keep up with it and just like pump as fast as I can, try and pull into the tubes and... Um, it's definitely difficult, but it's a lot of fun. But my dad and my brothers don't really like surfing like that. They yeah. don't have the, the, the like the drive. wherewithal to pump and drive mm -hmm. real fast. They would rather just find a wave that's a little bit more manageable. So we watched it for like, I don't know, probably 10 minutes. Yeah. It was really good and I wanted to go out, but they were like, I don't know. I think we should just go and check C Street. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, fine. We'll go run, take a look at it. And I texted my friends, like, I'm going to check C Street. I'll let you know how it is. Mm -hmm. We pulled up there, and it was a much different break. It was a lot, like, softer and didn't have the as much barrel to it. Mm -hmm. But it looked like a really thick, fat, like, fun wave. Yeah. And my dad and my brother were so much more down for that. So I told them that we were all going out at C Street. I told my friends that. And as soon as we paddled out, I wasn't really stoked on it because it's just not the kind of wave that I was expecting to surf all day. Right. But um, I had my GoPro on me hoping I could get like a couple of turns or whatever was going on and I was just waiting for my friends to show up in the meantime. So I paddled out to C Street all and... Right. Hold, hold on a sec. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Because in my mind I'm trying to remember that swell because there was like three in a row. Yeah, we did. really long period. So swell. this one specifically, there was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a two-day swell, and the first day was supposed to be a smaller day. Mm. Second day was supposed to be really, really good. Yeah. And that ended up flipping. flipping. So that ended up, the first day was like the best one. The second day, we were expecting it to be phenomenal and ended up being terrible. Was that the, because there was one... Of those swells that rolled in, long period swell, things were kind of racy and shutting down. I went to Mason Inlet, and it was like 10 of us. Yeah. And we just traded waves all session. And then I think, wasn't it Henry where everybody like migrated up to Mason Inlet? I think so. And that was, I think, when that guy, uh, or that those couple guys were uh, cruising out past the, uh, uh, the breakers in that boat. And got destroyed. Oh, it may have been that. That swell, went viral yeah. and qualified captain in yep. other places. Yep, I remember yeah, I, that. I, I, I think that was the Henry it may, swell. It may have been. It may yeah. have been because we the Henry swell that you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I was at Holiday Inn. Okay. And it was just racing and shutting down. But we looked up at uh, L-shaped lot, mm -hmm. and it was actually really nice. Yeah. And, and not crowded because everybody was up north north end. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's kind of you got to find like. When a swell is like that, and you can find the spots that are usually breaking worse, mm. and they end up breaking better just because they need a completely different swell, and that's why they're always looking terrible when it's small. Yeah, just needs something a little bit more. So, so let's let's pause right here real quick because you're you're mentioned a um, you mentioned a couple things, and what I like to do is when when terms or, or whatnot are used, 
uh, to, to get some explanation. So you had mentioned swell period, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned the sand. Yeah. Can, can you elaborate for those listening that are maybe learning or trying to figure out this whole surf stuff? What do you mean by swell period, and what do you mean by the sand? So as far as swell period goes, like you kind of have to understand how the waves come in when a swell period is shorter or longer. So around here, ideally, you'll like 10 to 12 second Mm -hmm. period is like pretty much the money spot where the wave stays a little bit more open and it rolls but doesn't shut down super quickly. Mm -hmm. It does, it'll get a little dicey sometimes when it's pushing the 12 second mark, but I would say like 10 to 12 seconds is usually ideal. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of just determines how the, it kind of just determines the shape of the wave a little bit. So when you have a shorter swell period, it's kind of like a wind swell where the wave is going to be shutting down like or not shutting down, it's gonna be just slowing down very quickly. So it's like a quick drop in, and then there's not much after that. And then the long period swells is when you see the wave stretching all the way down the beach, closing out and just going real fast, mm-hmm. but it's usually bigger and more powerful. Right. And so what what about the sand affects that, that swell? So when the sand is just like laid out and shallow like it is at South End, that entire when the period is long the entire period of the wave hits the sand at one time and that's where you get those closeouts but when it's a shorter period the intervals will hit on a smaller section of the sand and that's when you have a little bit of a quicker uh, wave Mm -hmm. that shuts down a little faster so the thing about giant chicken is it has this little bit of a bend to it Mm -hmm. to where it kind of absorbs that long period energy and gives it just enough space to reel forward right, to without shutting down. With a line. Exactly. Like right. how a point break is. Yeah. Then when it breaks off of something that breaks the wave up and allows it to move during a long period swell, yeah. Giant Chicken does that just a little bit when the period's real long. Yeah. And, and so even if you look at the angles of a beach, like East Coast, it's predominantly beach break. Yeah. So what is the angle that your beach is facing? Wrightsville Beach has that kind of a south east facing beach yeah where you go a little further up to the topsail surf city and it's a little more like maybe south east southeast or, or yeah a little more facing to the south and then you go down to carolina beach and it's it's been a little further facing more east yeah and so each beach is going to hit is going to gather that swell direction even because as that hurricane or whatever system moves up or down it's going to change that direction of that mm-hmm. wave as well so there's it's a lot of fun to to watch the charts and to plan your next, you know, where you're going, which... It is really fun to do that, but sometimes it's just like, I just want to look at Surfline <laughs> and be lazy about it. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, you can, you can go to a couple different websites. What's, what's your go-to website? I usually just do Surfline because it's kind of the easiest to read. I used to use Swell Info, and that was my favorite until they seem to, like, have shut down or yeah. I don't know what's going on with stuff. them. Um, Pinpoint Surf is really nice yeah, as well. They That's, are. I'm glad you heard, know of Pinpoint. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned that to a lot of people. Like, they've never heard of it. Yeah, so. Pinpoint's great. I always forget about them. But then, like, as soon as I remember it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pin, I need to check and see what they have to say. Yeah. So they don't really do well whenever it's, like, real, real small. Like, if it's, like, one to two foot, it'll always show up as just two foot yeah. everywhere. So <laughs> it seems like it'll be better than it is. But, like, once it gets 
over two foot and there's an actual swell in the water, they're very precise with where the wind is going to be, how the swell is going to hit, and they have an interesting little chart that shows all of the different facets of the beach. So it's a great site for when there's an actual swell in the water. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to maybe try and sit down with the pinpoint crew, whoever like design build that. Yeah, because you do see a lot of variations as you slide that circle up and down. You can see, oh, why does it break further out here? Why is it blue further out here or green further out than than there? And I'm wondering how they're reading the the depths and the sand yeah. charts. Like, where did they get that information? I have I have no clue, but I would I would like to know. Yeah, because it seems like they're building it based on contour of the beach, and and not just the the uh, the swell that's in the water. Yeah, definitely. Kind of cool. Anyway, sorry, ladies and gents. For some, I'm, not, I'm sorry because it's maybe over your head, but for others, you're like, oh, cool, this is interesting, you know. And so you never know who's listening and, and yeah, what they're going to get uh, and take away from it. But, yeah, if you, you know, at any time have questions, comments, or whatever, uh, you can email me at mywavepodcast at gmail.com uh, for more information or, or whatever. So, yeah, uh, thanks for dropping that info, Brody. Um, so let's go back to, to – the great chicken or the giant chicken the giant chicken the, yeah so this was this was still taking place at c street right when i had uh paddled out i brought my gopro out because i was hoping to get some you know just get some videos and right when i paddled out there i noticed that my camera wasn't it wasn't working right did you have a mouth, mouth i did yeah. Thing? yeah yeah so for whatever reason every time i hit record it just it would not record at all mm. but the screen was still on so if something was messed up so like an idiot i decided i'd just open the case and fix it real oh, no. quick and a wave that i didn't see came knocked my gopro out of my hand and it landed it landed in my lap in between my board and the camera but the camera was already shot like oh, as soon as it hit the water man. it just absolutely blew it to shreds and i was i was like oh you've got to be kidding me couldn't believe I did that, and I was like, "It's." I mean, hindsight 2020. That was yeah. the stupidest thing I could have done. But I mean, I guess I learned that lesson. I won't be <laughs> taking GoPros out in the water anymore. Right. But um, so I was real bummed about that. And this has already been shaping up to be just like a terrible morning. The spot that I wanted to <laughs> right. surf at was not going well. The spot that I didn't want to surf, I ended up surfing. I took a couple waves, and they were just—they were not fun yeah. for me because they—you had the like pump and the the way that the turns were were not working right it was almost like you were surfing just a really thick longboard wave uh -huh. but i was on my five nine and there was yeah. no way that i wanted to surf it like that so i was just not having a good morning so far and that was right when um my friends bryce polisi and brody miller had showed up and i took a wave in and was like guys i'm not surfing here oh no there's no way like we have to go somewhere else <laughs> and um they were both like, well, do you just want to go, do you just want to go surf Giant Chicken? And I was like, yeah, I want to go surf. That's exactly where I want to go surf. So I hopped in their car and we drove down there. I told my dad and my brothers that I was leaving and they were like, all right, well, we're just going to stay here because it seems fun. And yeah. it's like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to worry about that because I don't want to be here. Yeah. And so as soon as we pull up to South End, it looked like just perfect. Oh, it it had, the period had either the tide filled in to the, where the period matched a little bit better, 
I saw the first wave that I saw was uh, someone on an SUP fully stood up and the wave was two feet over his head. Oh man! And he rode it forever. Yeah. And I was just out of my mind excited. <laughs> the the boys next to me started just screaming and hooting and hollering. So we just we full on sprinted down to the sandbar, and um, as soon as we got there, it was pretty crowded. But like there were so many waves that it wasn't people fighting for waves. Yeah. And um, we had surfed for like maybe 20 minutes or so. This is pretty early on in the session. And this big set came my way. It was one of the one of the bigger ones of the day. It was, I mean, around here, what you call eight foot, maybe yeah. pushing a little bit bigger. He was definitely sizable. Yes. And um, Bryce was paddling next to me, and I was looking at him, and he told me to take it. Oh, yeah. And I just, just scrapped into it as hard as I could. And as soon as I popped oh, up. Hold on. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep everybody in suspense right here. <laughs> okay. All right, because because you you got me like my I'm sure people who are listening are drawing this painting this picture in their brain. Yeah. Um, your friend that was paddling, did he have priority? He actually did. Okay. He, he did have priority. So so explain because there's a lot of need for etiquette explanations. Yeah. In the water, when when I said he had priority, you understood that. Some people don't get that. Mm -hmm. Could you explain? what it means to have priority and to show some etiquette in the water. So when someone else has priority, that means that they're behind you in the direction that they're that you're trying to go and they're trying to go. So whoever is further back closer to the peak of the wave or the most powerful part of the wave gets the priority because they're going to get a longer ride out of it mm -hmm. and they're essentially standing up before you are so they'd stand up at a further point back on the wave and if you take off in front of them you're basically shutting their wave in half right. and you're stealing the rest of it yeah you drop so, it in you, it's not cool yeah it's pretty rude etiquette and you know it'll always happen it'll it happen does. by accident a lot yeah and usually a lot of people are super forgiving. Like, yeah. that happens. It's like, oh, sorry, my bad. Right. And, you know, it's no big deal. But um, you definitely want to minimize it. Yeah. And that's what I was just going to ask is, if you drop in on somebody, what should be your response as the one dropping in? So, I'll, I'll immediately turn around and I'll say, hey, man, were you, were you on that wave? Did I cut you off? Right. And a lot of times, even if I know I cut them off, they'll say, oh, no, don't even worry about it. It's okay. And that's usually what I like to hear because that means they're cool about right. it and it's no big deal. Sometimes they'll say, yeah, you did cut me off. And then I'll say, oh, I'm sorry I didn't even see you coming. Right. Next wave is yours. Yeah. That's what I like to say. So anytime like I'll go out and I'll sit with them. Yeah. And no matter where I am, if I have priority, if they have priority, yeah. I just back off and let them go on the next yeah. ones to make sure that they're everything's in good standing. No, that's good advice. And, and it, to add to it, you know, one, if you're learning, you're in, and even if you're not learning, look left, look right. Yep. Like observe what's going on around you. Um, <clears throat> observe even before you're paddling for that wave. Mm -hmm. Like observe who's in the water. Yeah. If you notice somebody that's that's shredding it, ripping it, and you know they're getting those weight. Let them let them have it. Don't drop in. Yeah. On those, <clears throat> don't drop in on people. Period. But just observe and then. If you, if you are the one that has priority, I find it very helpful to communicate. Just give a little shout. Definitely. Say, hey, man, you. Just something to let the person inside know, I'm coming. Yeah. You know? Okay, wait. So then what's your what's your go-to way to call someone off a wave? I, I'll, usually, I'll usually go, you. 
Yeah, yep. same here. That's I that's just, my go. For, yep. And then if they don't respond after one or two of those, I'll just go, "Hey." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and get their yeah. I've seen a lot of people. They'll like uh, they'll whistle or they'll, you know, they'll say something. I've heard some interesting ones. There's one time I watched a guy paddle into a wave and someone was cutting him off and he just goes. Okay, I guess he wants that wave pretty bad. That's one way to do it. I think I think that's one thing that's missing. Um, especially here in our lineup at, at the South End. Uh, just pick on the South End. I love going there. It's just it gets way too crowded, and totally. so many people dropping in. And we've had this conversation before on the on the My Way podcast of just we got to learn to communicate. We got to totally. learn to look left, right, show some respect and some kindness. You know, apologize. Yeah. if you do blow it. Because um, it happens. It happens. It, it totally always. happens. It's yeah. always going to happen. You can never avoid it. It's just a matter of how you react to when it does happen. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of the older surfers that that I'll talk to are like, we need to bring back the the old days. And and I know what they're talking about. I know exactly what they're talking about. And I completely disagree with it. Minus the the aggro, you yeah. know. But but the old days of hey, listen, I know you, it looks like you're learning, or hey. You just dropped in on that guy. You need to look like that. That I don't know if it's the older or even just you know the the, the peers that are looking out for each other, saying, "Hey, to make this safe, to make this fun, let's let's talk it up in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's communicate to avoid the accidents, to avoid the the anger." Yeah. So know. I was thinking that you were referring to the aggravation that's, oh, no. that was in the old days because no. I hear I, I will hear people say like, "Oh, surfing's lost its soul." <laughs> And that people no. are like they don't have the same fire in them, and I was just like, I don't. You don't need to right. be that mad all the time. Like, just we're all out here to just yes. catch a few. You're part of the crowd. Anytime I'm out in a crowded lineup, and I'm like complaining about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many people out here. Yeah. I just have to think to myself, like, I'm a part of it. Right. I I'm paddled here out in here. the lineup. I chose to paddle out. Exactly. Here. Yeah. And everyone else is in the same boat, so we have to just yeah. relax a little bit. And no, I, I'm with you. I. I the communication without the the, the aggression. Yep, totally. Because um, you grow. When I grew up surfing, I remember getting just cussed out. Yeah. As a, as a as a grom trying to paddle out past the you know the the impact zone mm-hmm. and guys dropping in cussing me out. You shouldn't be out here. You know. And maybe I shouldn't have been out there. You know. Yeah, but like everyone's got to start at some point. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's best to not go to like the most crowded breaks Good if advice. any people are just starting out surfing listening to this mm-hmm. i would very much advise to stay away from south end and c street yeah because it's just so crowded there that you will get hit if you don't know what you're doing not yeah. purposefully people aren't going to walk up and <coughs> ram your board in but like it's going to happen yeah. and there's a lot more breaks that are very secluded and even a little bit easier to surf like blockade runner and mm-hmm. even just kind of the that entire c street section between like Johnny Mercer's Pier and right. the um, the water tower. Yeah, there's a lot of spots in between there that are a lot more relaxed and easier to learn on. Yeah, and and we're talking about our home break here at Riceville Beach, but take these principles and apply them to your place of surfing. You know, wherever that is, you know, don't go to the crowd if you're just learning. You, that may be where the best wave is, but let's give it some time you know go to that less crowded smaller break it'll be better for you you'll you'll have more chance to catch waves and you won't get that stink eye and get people mad and you know that tone in the water it's 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 an interesting dynamic yeah of course but um definitely i think 
the takeaway from what those last five minutes is communicate. Yeah, absolutely. We need, to, we need to learn to communicate a lot better. All right, so sorry, sorry. Let's get back to giant chicken. Yeah, so I had uh, I just pouted out there. Bryce was on the inside, and he he wanted the wave. I could tell, but I I don't know if he thought it may have been a little too fast because it was a it was a very racy wave and. Uh, I was just in a tiny bit better of a spot, even though he was behind me. Yeah. I think I was in the better spot for it. And so he called me on it. He was like, just go for it. And uh, as soon as I scrapped into it, the bottom just dropped out completely from underneath me. So I just yeah. airdropped eight feet. <laughs> and as soon as I hit the bottom, I did everything I could to pull up into like the real you know, fast part of the wave. Right. And as soon as I hit the bottom and pulled up into it, I was already deep in the barrel. Oh, yeah. And I was... I was really hoping I was going to make it out and I had to like pump two or three times while I was in it. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to keep my speed up. I'm in this massive barrel and I couldn't even <laughs> believe it. And I, it finally slowed up enough and I realized I was going to make it out. So I didn't have to pump anymore. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Came out after like a two or three second barrel and I, the wave kept going. So I dropped down way to the bottom pulled up and then did like a turn in the middle of the face of the wave mm -hmm. and the second set it, it up for another barrel barrel came ah. right over my head and i was in there for another second and a half or so yes. just like i couldn't even believe it i was like this is just absolutely gorgeous um and i came right out of that one and then i just did this big flyaway kick out <laughs> cannonballed into the water and i had as soon as i popped it back up um, this this guy that was sitting next to me, he watched the whole wave and he was like, I saw yeah. both of them. That was crazy. Yeah. And I just like, I was smiling the rest of the oh, yeah. day. Like I couldn't even believe how <laughs> insane that was. I paddled back out to where my friends were and they were like, I thought you were dead. Like I saw you kick out of it after forever yeah. and I couldn't even believe it. Oh, sick. And yeah, I don't think that's just, that was the best wave I've ever taken. I love it. And it's it. so fun that it happened just right outside of right outside of my backyard yeah. in a hurricane swell like oh. it's just what i live for that's beautiful that's beautiful you know that <clears throat> for those listening you know painting that picture of being in the barrel we see pictures of it and so that might be what you're envisioning but the sounds inside the that the way the atmosphere feels inside like time stands still is often the way people talk about oh yeah you, i mean you feels like even if you're in there for one second it feels like you're in there for five yes and it's just like it's a completely different planet when you pull into it it feels like you're in a different place and yeah. there's really just no other way to describe it if you haven't been barreled you don't you right. don't understand it and you probably never will <laughs> unless you get barreled there's nothing else on earth that right uh has that feeling to it totally that's a, that's a nice story thanks for sharing that with uh, with with me and with our listeners and man I, it makes me want uh, the next hurricane swell. Yeah, same here. We had little little waves from Colin. Wasn't it Colin? Possibly. Yeah, I think Colin so. Back, back July. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we're just waiting. We're waiting for it. Yeah. Because I've been been grinding on the small swells. Now, At least I was, I was able to go out to California yeah. for a couple weeks, um, and that was real fun. I, I had saw some, that on your Instagram. You yeah. scored trestles. As you said like four to five and not oh, a lot trestles, of crowd. Yeah, Trestles was great. It was um, so when I had actually gone to Trestles, the the real plan was to go to T Street because I didn't I didn't want to surf Trestles because I was just like you know it's way too crowded. I just don't even want to deal with the amount of people that are yeah. there. Don't even care. But as soon as we pulled up to C Street, 
it was blackballed, and I had no clue. Uh. So wasn't allowed to surf there for, like, I think it was, like, from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock, you uh-huh. couldn't surf. It was only, like, bodyboarders right. and swimmers out there. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, me and my girlfriend were out there, and we were like, okay, we just drove from Long Beach. It was about 40 minutes to an hour drive. Yeah. Like, we can't just drive back to Newport or Huntington. Like, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna go to Lowers and yeah. deal with whatever crowd is there. And uh, so glad that I did. Because yeah. it ended up being four to five foot, and there was only like 30 people out in the water, probably. Cause, wow. Like, it was a, it was a weekday, and it was it was a Monday, and it was small. Like okay. for California, chest high to head high is right. small. Yeah. Like there's that's not a wave for them. <laughs> but for me, that was like everything that You're I was going hoping nuts. for. I was I was going insane, <laughs> and uh, yeah, surfing it there with just 30 people or so was was crazy. And what was really great was because it was a weekday, all the weekend warriors and the, you know the people that are just kind of surfing for fun right. or at work and the actual people that were really trying to make it not, or professional surfers were out there yeah. so everyone was just absolutely tearing the lineup to shreds oh and that's was, awesome and not not a single wave ever went to waste <laughs> what a session oh it was it was that one was unforgettable that was yeah. probably my favorite session out in california that's cool i have a friend that lives in long beach and uh actually had him on the on the podcast uh, a while back and um we were staying with him, and we were tr- my son and I we were trying to make our way down to, to Trestles and ended up getting sick. Oh, so bummer. we made it as far as Newport. We surfed our brains out at Newport. Oh, yeah. I, not, not at the wedge, fun. but just somewhere packed into all those jetties. Yep. So much fun. Oh, I love the Newport jetties. Yeah. It's like that's the only spot where it's really like kind of barreling hard in California. Mm. And uh, all the rest of the waves seem to be kind of like fat and just made for like turns. Um, but trust or Newport is definitely like hollow and pretty heavy when it's when it's yeah. on. Yeah, we we had a blast there, and yeah, it was bad. We were living off of like, you know, jalapeno potato chips, and it was bad. Oh <laughs> it yeah, was a bad oh combo. yeah. We, we were exhausted, dehydrated, and it was awesome. <laughs> well, sweet. Hey, running out of time, but let's let's throw in this hang ten. All right, go for it. All right, let's see how things go, Brody. What's your favorite wax? Uh, Sticky Bumps Tour Series. Sticky Bumps Tour Series. The Tour Series one is specifically because that's not only is it the one that I always used like when I first started surfing. Yeah. It definitely smells the best, (laughs) but it's not so sticky that it like like rashes you up really bad. Okay. But it's sticky enough to where it lasts for the whole session. I've never been a fan of foo wax or sex wax. Yeah. I, I feel like Foo Wax is way too sticky and Sex Wax isn't sticky enough so I, I think agreed. Tour Series is just that perfect medium okay agreed on, on the Foo and the Sex Wax so uh, um, other than Drift Coffee and Kitchen where we're at right now uh, what is your best post-session eats oh uh, a Sunday's S'mores Milkshake 100% what, what, what milkshake is it the S'mores Milkshake oh yeah you won't find it on the menu you just gotta ask for it okay it's oh it's phenomenal they used to have it as a uh as like, it was like a seasonal flavor but they yeah. told me i ordered it so much they were like you can get this when like it's not on the menu just ask for it and we'll make it and yeah like, oh, heck yeah that's cool so i'll always go up to up to sundays and i'll get like a spoon-fed granola bar uh-huh. those are good those are awesome yeah and then i'll get a sunday's milkshake uh-huh. if it's like if it's real good and I'm really dehydrated and I definitely need something, 
then um, I'll get a water. I usually bring two water bottles to the beach and have them refill it for okay. me. And then I'll actually get a smoothie instead of a milkshake. But if you're asking me my favorite, it's uh. the s'mores milkshake. <laughs> a little in, little local knowledge there if you're heading down to Sundays. Some good good times, good people. Uh, inland waves. You ever surfed inland waves like BSR or I surf actually ranch? haven't. Um, I've, I've really only stayed like here, Outer Banks in California. That's I, I haven't traveled too much. I, okay. wa- I want to. I would love to surf BSR. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be more fun than uh, than Kelly's wave pool, but that might trigger a couple people. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like the beach break aspect of it. So, Myrtle Beach uh, is getting a wave garden. Yeah. It, Spring twenty four. I cannot wait for that. Oh yeah. I have a uh, my grandparents have a have a place in Myrtle oh, Beach. Oh, so you're I could, set. I could visit it a couple times. Yes. I'm excited for that. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, if you could could spend one hour and have a cup of coffee with any surfer of any generation. Just you and you and that surfer. Who would that surfer be? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I would probably have to say Gabriel Medina. Okay. He's always he's always been my favorite surfer, and uh, what I would really like to talk to him about is just how he's able to switch from his competitive aspect to his free surfing aspect. Mm. Because I've heard in his off time, he's just a really like kind dude lots of fun okay nice person um and he whenever he's competing he just completely turns on yeah. like a very he's very smart very he knows what he's doing when yeah. he's out there um so either him but as i was speaking i also thought brett barley as well okay because yeah. i know he's like he seems like a really great guy i've talked to him a couple times but he's also a very strong man of faith and i would like to talk to him about how surfing has fit in with his walk with God and yes. um, along those same lines I'd like to I'd like to see what he has to say about that cool yeah those would both be those would be great and for for two different reasons uh, that's awesome so you say you haven't taken a lot of trips to, to surf but if money wasn't an issue where in this world would you go I would I'd want to take like a one month boat trip to the Maldives and like just the Indonesian islands kind of surfing like all around there. Yeah. There's lefts, there's rights. It's always perfect. Like that would be, that would be pretty much the dream for me to be honest. <laughs> cool. Are you goofy or regular? Goofy footed. Yes. Goofies rule the world. No, they absolutely do. <laughs> they absolutely do. All the regular footers can, can leave. <laughs> so, Hey, um, on this trip, that you, you know, this boat trip through the Maldives, you can only have one board for the rest of your life. Like you had to narrow down your quiver to just one board. I know that to, to those that are listening, they're like, well, that's not a big deal. The wave storm. <laughs> but you're like, no, like we have different boards for different conditions yeah. on purpose. It's like a golfer has different clubs for different shots. Yep. And, and but if you had to zero it into one board, so I've I make most of my boards. Okay. So the boards that I've been riding for years and years are all the ones that I've shaped. All right. So Oh, hear that alarm that I don't know if you can hear it, ladies and gents. That that sound is the the pier the pier, the bridge going up here at Wrightsville Beach, intercoastal waterway. So ignore the it's not a bomb. <laughs> um but yeah, so I've I've always shaped my boards, so I've Under what brand? That. Do you have your own brand? 
I did. Uh, it was it was BDT shapes, but uh, I don't really shape as much anymore. Okay. But um, because I shape so much, I know what I definitely like. So yeah. I couldn't narrow down a specific board. Okay. But I would definitely I could tell you the dimensions. I would want a five nine eighteen five eighths by two and a quarter. Uh huh. And I would. I would definitely want it in a round tail. Okay. I love I love round tails. I feel like they just fit in the barrel better. I don't I don't really like the feeling of squash tails as much. They seem to slide out. And uh -huh. I'm I'm not really a huge turn guy. I'll do turns every now and then, but if there's a barrel, I want to seek that out mm. a million times over. And the round tails just do that better for me. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you've got his dimensions. That's awesome. Send me a board if you want. To. <laughs> there you go. Any anybody <laughs> listening out there? Yeah, send them a board, and me one too. <laughs> uh, so, warm water and okay waves, or cold water and consistent surf. Which would you rather have all the time? Um, I would pro like when you say okay waves. Are you talking like waist to chest or yeah. like yeah, waist to chest? Oh yeah, I'd take the warm water and waist to chest high. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when it's like, when it's real cold and it's big, it's fun. I love it. But I, like the waist to chest high days are honestly some of my favorites. Because you yeah. can just, you don't have to worry. You don't have to think. You can turn your brain off and just, just ride. and just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. What's your go-to sunscreen? Uh, I actually have a, uh, like, Tin Adventure sunscreen. That's been What's a recent... Ventra. Ventra. Where'd yeah, you find that? that's a recent favorite. So, uh, my friend Bryce Polisi has always used it, but when I was out in California, my girlfriend was able to get a free sample of it from her internship at Board Riders. Okay. And I use that and it's been great really? because like you can you can put a ton of it on but since it's tinted it blends in with your skin okay. so you're not walking around white faced yeah and uh it, it works really well so oh, that's, that's what cool. i always like to go with huh okay well let's check that one out no let's see one more question hmm. man so many questions what's your must watch surf movie my must watch surf movie um, I think that I've seen View from a Blue Moon more times than I could even count. Okay. So, it's definitely that one. And I would say, like, it's just from, no, like, watching it in the, uh, at Hot Wax, because we had it playing a long time. Okay. But, like, even before I started working there, I probably watched it, like, 30 times. I saw it, I, I saw it uh, when it came to UNCW. Yep, that's, that's the first place that I watched yeah. it. I fell in love with it instantly. It was just the... John surfing in that movie is so it's and the progressively the cinematography is phenomenal. Yes, I absolutely love that as well. Yeah, was that about the time that 4K stuff was like coming out, or the the the, the what, what's the the photography term? I mean, 4K is, is definitely it? yeah. That would be like a like shooting at 4K, but like at 120 frames per second mm -hmm. to where you can slow it down right. and it looks like it's not choppy slow motion it's like really smooth yes. and just like looks they did phenomenal they did a lot of that it was awesome and i think they did a phenomenal job of it because slow motion is something that you really have to like if you don't do it right it mm. looks bad and if you use it way too much it looks bad so you have to find the right like using it just a little bit and making sure it's really smooth and i right. think they did a phenomenal job yeah and the soundtracks great i love the soundtrack of it yeah yeah i need to watch that again it's been a while that's cool man 
time has flown by. I hope it has for you, listeners. Um, Brody, thank you so much. Yeah, for, thanks for, for having me. For coming on my wave and, and chatting it up with us, sharing your wave story. Um, this is the way we kind of close all of our podcasts out, and it's and it's with this this earliest reference to surfing in all of history. And I find that reference not to be Polynesian island kind of lore, or, or, but a documented reference. Again, I might be reading into it a little much, but in the Bible, in the book of Acts, there's a story of Paul, one of the, one of the, the early evangelists for the, the, the Christian church, um, was in a shipwreck. And it's in Acts 27. And the boat was getting pounded. It, had, it had got on a reef stuck on a reef and was just getting pounded by these Mediterranean waves. So the captain was like, if you can swim, swim. So people swam to this beach area that they were trying to get to before they hit the reef. And then it, then it says, as the ship broke apart, it says others made it safely to shore on pieces of the ship. So broken up pieces, you know, luggage, whatever. But then it says this. It said some made it in on boards. Hmm. And so were the early Mediterranean sailors also secret shredders? Could have been. They could have been. I would, I would have liked to go back in time and, and see if it yeah. truly was. I don't know. I'm, I might be reading it too much, but that's my earliest account. Some on boards. Well, if that is true, then that <laughs> means that they're surfing in heaven. And that's what <laughs> yes. I like to see. Yes. Brody, thank you so much. Ladies and gents, thanks for tuning in to My Wave Podcast.